Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. What a journey. Still dancing oh, hey, with me. Oh, hey, Steve. Uh, you sneaked up on me. Welcome to the show, everybody. If you're just joining us, you missed a whole hour. What are you doing? It was hit and miss. As most hours are, but I that's why more hit than you... miss. Is that right? I do. You it was such a funny thing the other day, Donna. At the end of an hour, she said. Actually, it was at the end of the hour, and then you said it again at the end of the show. This is very rare for Donna to ever grade us this way. But she said, and I believe the quote was, "That was a pretty good show." <laughs> no, usually I go, "Oh, that was a disaster." <laughs> Whereas I, at that same when she says it's a disaster, I'm like. That was entertaining. Right. That's usually how it goes. In fact, yeah. I thought of that we should have originally named the show The Disaster. The Disaster. With Donna and Steve. <laughs> I'm open to a rebrand. Right, At this point, right. I just don't care. Good to know. Uh, let's talk a little music news. Give me a beat. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. Oh boy. Are the Swifties turning on their master? As you probably know, Taylor Swift is dating uh, the lead singer from the 1975. His name is Matty Healy. And he has a history of questionable behavior and comments and outrageous opinions. Uh, He's shared some controversial posts in the past. He's deleted his Twitter before. He's gone back and deleted again. Um, He's just kind of a weirdo, you know? Like he's eaten raw meat mid-show, mid-concert. Oh, intriguing. On the stage. He's frequently kissed... Some of his female fans on the lips. Hmm. He's uh, He's been on a podcast and he talked about, you know, this porn site. He talked about, he, you know, there's been chauvinistic jokes. Some jokes that um, are seen as racist. Um, so anyway, Taylor's fans are not cool with this, you know, because she up until this point has had a pretty squeaky clean image. And so he was on a podcast back in February where he he mocked various Asian accents while making fun of this rapper. So anyway, he most of her fans or some of her fans, I should say, started this campaign called the Speak Up Now campaign named after Speak Now, her album Uh, that she's in the process of re-recording right now. Anyway, they're asking her to address his BS, and they're saying things like, use your platform responsibly and intentionally advocate for inclusivity, celebrate diversity, promote empathy and understanding. And she's just kind of gone radio silent. And they say her silence undermines the progress that was made towards equality and understanding. 
So, some fans have even canceled their pre-orders of Speak Now and tweeted proof of that, the cancellations, so that she gets the message. Hmm. So, keep in mind, we just had the story about Taylor in concert the other night where she was saying she's never been happier. Interesting. So, yes. Huh. Well, I'll be curious to see... What she has to say. I would, too. Because she doesn't usually... generally go silent on this kind of stuff. Correct. Right? She's probably trying to come up with something thoughtful to address this. But here's another post. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Taylor, your silence on drag bans, transphobic laws, homophobic fans, and grossness of the person you've chosen to associate with have really hurt. While I'm no longer sure that you care about any of that, I do know that you care about sales. Pay attention. Please be better. Mm. Wow. Her fans are growing up. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Anyway. Well, so- yeah, she, she's at the you know top of her career right now. This tour that she's got, her concerts performing for three and a half hours, people loving them, rave reviews. Documentaries, all of it. You weren't here last week when she was, there was a security guard who had been harassing these girls who kind of had front row seats. And anytime that the these these young ladies would start dancing or getting just, you know, after it, you're at a T-Swift concert, that security just like kept harassing them and no, you gotta stop doing that. And they're like, what the heck? Like, this is a concert. And then they're doing bad blood. Like, oh, baby, man, we got bad blood. Hey, stop it. Oh, baby, you stop it. Put him down. All this stuff. And we were laughing because it sort of sounded like if Taylor Swift, you know how when people do group fitness classes, Donna? Yes. And they're like, going, going, go, and double time, going, and we're t- one time. Listen to her in concert uh, coming to the aid of these young ladies who are just trying to have a good time. So- I love that. Oh hey, God. stop. I just feel like I'm being told by a lifetime instructor. Like, oh, it's my God. I love it. It's like the time Faith Hill started <laughs> reprimanding an audience member for grabbing her husband, oh. Tim McGraw, and she didn't miss a beat. She just kept singing. She's like, you are very disrespectful. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know? And she's like, put your hands together. That and my was favorite my part favorite. is, hey, stop. No, we got bad. She wasn't doing anything. I know. It's like perfectly on me. I loved it. So uh, that'll be your fallback, and she'll be teaching Zumba. I think that's great. Oh but anyway, so there you have her coming to the aid of people who are just trying to have a good time. And so she always seems responsive to the Swifties. So we'll see what she has to say regarding their their thoughts on her choice of boyfriend and things that he yeah. has said publicly and all that. Kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know. His mom, by the way, fun fact. And Mike, if you find that audio, let I'm me looking know. for it right now. It's okay. really kind of the one that I found is pretty sketchy here as oh, okay. far as like it's, it's not great sound quality. Oh, 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 oh. And yeah, she does drop a couple of words. So, oh, no, okay. see here. What? <laughs> Trying to bring out all the cursy of Faith Hill. No, no, she's just like, she's mad. Somebody like touched her husband inappropriately. They're in concert together. And then she finds out and she's like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh, you, uh, pointing her out, very disrespectful, touching another man's, oh, or a, another woman's man's bleeps. Yeah, yeah, well, that's her quote. All right, anyway, look it up, you can Google it, we won't, we, we won't take the chance. But anyway, um, fun fact about Matt Healy, his 
parents are actors, I guess. His mom won Celebrity Big Brother UK in 2012. Oh, so right? they come probably from like, you know, kind of an eclectic bunch of people, you know? You Maybe know so. Oh, we'll have to wait and see. You now are we'll very disrespectful. Daughter. You hear me? <laughs> and squat. And squat. And, and squat. And Hands up. Freeze. No, no more shoulder pads. We'll make our own. And three. Four. When okay. we return. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a question for the class. <laughs> I have a question for the class. I would great. like like to take calls. 651-641-1071. What was the fancy food that your parents brought out when you were growing up? Only one company came over. I can't They were like, wait. this suddenly came out. I thought of this because I saw an interesting box of crackers in our pantry the other day, and it reminded me of my childhood. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. You can email the show, Don and Steve Show at MyTalk1071.com. The fancy food your parents brought out when company came over. That when we come back, Don and Steve on MyTalk. Hey guys, it's Donna and Steve here to talk about Tria Orthopedics. We get it. Life can be busy. Mm -hmm. So when your back is out of whack or your knee pain just won't go away, it's important to get treated by Tria. They have convenient online scheduling and walk-in care. Yeah, in fact, we've actually both been to Tria for shoulder injuries. Yep, I went to Tria when I had a really sore shoulder, probably from too much clanging and banging in the gym. Donna, do you know that I work out? Oh, no, uh, you never mentioned it a thousand times. It's true, I lift weights. You know, I hurt my shoulder, and guess what? They knew exactly how to treat me. Yeah, then you recommended them to me, and now my shoulder is feeling good again. Oh, and my doctor was so kind and answered all of my many questions. What I would do to have that kind of patience around you? Rude. So if you break your wrist, you tweak your knee, hurt your back, get treated by TRIA. Yeah, get world-class orthopedic care with no referral needed. Visit TRIA.com. It's why you're treated and how you're treated by TRIA. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. We got the big Zamboni with us as well for the rest of the show. I'm very excited for this conversation, Steve. We've already got callers standing by. The question before the break was what was the fancy food, quote unquote, that your parents <laughs> brought out when company came over? This came to mind because the other day I went into our pantry and I saw a box of crackers that I don't think I've seen here, but I remember seeing at my childhood home. Interesting. They were entertaining crackers. Basically, like, hey, on the box it says entertaining. There's another brand that says entertainment crackers. But I just stood there, and first of all, it took me back to my childhood. Oh, my god! And then I thought, how funny that, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we have company coming over. Should I bring out saltines or Ritz? What do you think? What, are these people not worth anything to you? No, you bring out the entertaining crackers. We're about to entertain. <laughs> Get those crackers out here. That is funny. I I have a few answers for you that I think are very funny, but should we go to the callers first? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to line one. Who do we have? This is Gail. Hey, Gail. Welcome oh, to the Don and Steve Experience. How are you? I don't that. I should have added crackers in there, too. Wheat thins, I'll never eat to this day. But what my mom had, she had bridge club. And so she would have these little silver containers with that icky bridge mix. You know what it is. It's Describe not even it for chocolate. those who don't. It's gross. And it's all macadamia. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, and, like mixed nuts. Um, well, I don't know how. I'm old. So, no, it's like chocolate wax over <laughs> a bunch of nuts and uh. it's, And that was our special thing. And us kids would go in like. 
steal it before the bridge club came or after they came. And it, even to this day, it's gross. Okay, <laughs> all right. We got to look into that. Thank you for sharing. Thank that, you, Gail. Gail still has a bad taste left in her mouth. My parents played cards too, and in our cupboards there was always this big like vase filled with pennies. And that's what they use to play cards with. Oh, is that right? Yes. And uh, yeah, the the it's so funny to think back now when you thought it was fancy then because Oh my gosh. How times have changed. You, we are um, taking your calls at 651-641-1071. What's the fancy food that your parents brought out when company <laughs> was coming over? You knew it was a big deal. We go to line 2. Who this? This is Megan. Hey, Megan, how are you? Hi guys, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? We're wow. good. Megan, Thank you. you wow. You sound like you're in a hurry here. She's just squeezing us in between meetings. <laughs> um, no, getting a toddler out of the van. Oh, oh God bless it. you. Important. God be with you. Okay, what's the uh, the fancy food that your parents used to bring out? <laughs> Who likes it? But um, we all had two sides and a couple of friends. That oh, was okay. Wait, all right, wait, wait, we're we're, we're right, going to try to stay there. We're going to see if we can get you a better connection here. In a moment, we'll turn you down. Um, while we try to reestablish that connection with Megan, for us, it was, and it still is to this day, because we go and spend Christmas back home in Pennsylvania, and to this day, Donna, there is not a family gathering, an important gathering, where my mom does not do two things. A, bring out a tablecloth to put over the coffee table in the living room, okay, and then on the coffee table, shrimp cocktail. Nice. Picked up That's from Giant crazy. Eagle, the local, like our cub food. Yes. And then you get it out of the plastic thing, and now you put it on a plate, and you put the little whatever it is, the marinara sauce, or I don't know what that stuff is on the oh, inside. Oh, it's and... cocktail sauce. It's okay. delicious. Okay, that's good. It seemed very fancy. Always deviled eggs for us. Oh, we were never a deviled egg family. Oh, we're big deviled egg people. Then there's, I put a link in there. I knew when my mom bought this little tub of wine cheese that people were coming over. Oh, wow. So you you basically take a little cheese spreader and use it on your cracker. So it would just have the cheese spreader inside the tub. Yes. And that with cocktail peanuts and chip dip. So I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Sour cream with uh, like the dried onion soup mix yes. mixed in. And that was her fancy, you know company go-to i feel like my mom uses a version of this cheese spread and because then we'll also have you know like a like a uh, the entertaining crackers or like a thick trisket that can take a swipe of heavy yes. cheese but th- she always would bring out this uh this little special butter knife it was a tiny one it was like a little munchkin version the cheese spreader the yeah. cheese spreader knife and it was always like i mean it was just such a go-to like I lou and i when people come over we're like what the hell are we supposed to do now? Do we have anything? You guys like old hot dog buns? We have a few of those left. <laughs> and my mom always had a thing. It's like, boom, we're going to shrimp cocktail. You got the crackers and cheese, the whole thing. Yep. And it was always one company. And they're easy go-tos. Uh, let's go to Carol. Carol. 
Well, hi. Hi. How Good, how are you? We're doing great. So we're talking about, for those just joining us, the quote-unquote fancy food mom or dad used to bring out when company came over. Carol, what was it for you? Oh, to me, I can't even barely look at it anymore. It was the mock crab. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Tell us more, Carol. Yes, I used to love that stuff. Oh, that when that came out, I knew mom was entertaining, and it was all, it was just, I can't even... I think I ate so much when I was little, I can't even anymore. And I mean, I love crab, but I can't eat that. That's the just imitation nope. crab. Nope. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, anyway, that's good. You. I would have never thought of doing that. Uh, let's go to Elizabeth because she's been waiting. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. All right. What was so, it for you? Steve, I'm right with you with the shrimp cocktail. Like <laughs> okay. it was the only time in the entire decade that we had fish besides McDonald's during Lent. <laughs> like, the shrimp cocktail was like my only other experience with seafood. And so I knew that was a sign. Like we were getting real serious. And cheese. Like we always had what I thought was real cheese, but turned out in adulthood I realized it's not. But, you know, cheese slices like the fake cheese, the, the, the American cheese. Well, you guys are fancy. We, we would be cheese We had marbled cheese. Or yeah. like Colby Jack mm. on like a tray, I thought we were living our best life. <laughs> <laughs> or white oh, I love cheese. that. White cheese. It was like, oh my gosh, something's going down. That is funny. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so down. much for the call. Thank you for uh, for listening. Uh, let's go to Sharon Lee, but we got to tell her we only have 30 seconds. All right, Sharon Lee, I'm the bearer of bad news. You got 30 seconds. Tell us about the fancy food that mom or well, dad brought out when you were a kid. Well, do is take the plastic off all the couches, which never came off. <laughs> and she, then she re- puts uh, the glass duck with the little duckling ashtrays, and she'd refill with all the cigarettes in it. And then all the candy she had around the house, she'd refill. She'd have like 10 bowls of candy all around the house, and she'd put it all in the living room with the special chocolate kisses. Oh. Um, and, uh, and then she'd put out the cashews, and she'd get the Jewish macarons. Mac- oh, yum. Yeah, yeah those, those macarons. They're a terrible Dale things. But anyway, that's what she do. But it was when the plastic came off, you knew we'd have you to knew The plastic was off, you better put some you good know, clothes on. Thanks, Shirley. You know, either the queen was coming or, or, or the yeah, neighbors. You know, right. it, the <laughs> modern day version of that is just a sheet over the couch, the dog sheet. Yeah, you put you the, know? yeah. Start right. pulling all those off because someone's stopping by. That all goes into the tub behind the curtain. Right. All righty, <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to play a game, the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Call us now, 651-641-1071, game time now. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Donna and Steve, my talk 1071, everything entertainment. Um, we got a game today. Yeah. Gonna be good. Let's play. Time, time to go to college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host, the Big Zamboni. I want to see how smart you are. Do we ever have a game? 55 wins, Donna. 55 wins, Steve. It is all knotted up in the College of Pop Culture Knowledge and Country Week continues. And uh, this next country uh, list of questions is coming from the year, the night, or the decade, I should say, the 1980s. Okay. Little 80s country. That's not great. We got Farmer Logan to play along with us. Logan. Hello. Hey. Hey, Farmer Logan, what kind of farming do you do again? 
Well, we got kind of everything. Right now I'm planting corn. Wow. So you can't hear me very good. You mean you're, active, you're actively on a tractor right now? Yes. Gosh, <laughs> Wow, well, God bless you. That's, That's awesome. amazing. What are we talking, sweet right. corn, standard corn? What kind of corn? Yeah, this is your standard corn, not not your eating corn. This is for the uh, feed, feed, right? Okay. Yep, for feed. Got it. Oh, is that m- most of the corn we see as we're driving, you know, through Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota? That's that's not sweet corn, right? That's probably the other kind of corn. Probably the other kind. Yep. Got it. And we haven't even s- scratched the surface on popcorn. Where it comes from? <laughs> how are we doing the popcorn? If thing? only we had the time, Steve. Sadly, Logan, uh, it's time for you to choose me in the game today. Oh, it is, can you uh, hear me now? Oh, we got oh, you, we buddy. Can, we, we can hear you. You sound great. Oh, um, great. Logan, it's time for you to choose me, hopefully. I'm an underdog today because it's country music in the 80s or Donna Valentine. You have to make a choice. What say you, Donna, or Steve? Well, I know it's country, so I'm going to help you out, Steve, okay? I'm a yeah, farmer. That's fair. That's day. fair. Thank you, Logan. And I got a farmer on a tractor. I mean, this <laughs> is my kind of lifeline. I will be Let's back. Goodbye. All right, Logan, Woo! you're going to go on hold. Uh, Steve, you couldn't ask for a better caller here at this oh point. Oh, my gosh. This um, is incredible. Again, this is country music of the 1980s. Listen in, Logan. Uh, Steve might need your help. Maybe. We'll, oh. uh, <laughs> we'll run through these again. Country music of the 80s. We'll start it off with this one. Before appearing in a couple dozen movies, including 2005's Wedding Crashers and 2008's Four Christmases, this guy's debut album featured top five country hits, Honky Tonk Man and Guitars Cadillacs. Oh, okay. Tim McGraw. Written by the Bee Gees, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers recorded this flowing duet in 1983. Sailing. This group was started in the 40s as a gospel quartet. They changed their focus to country music, resulting in their biggest success in the early 80s with hits Bobby Sue and Elvira. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord in heaven. I don't know. Maybe Alabama, the Oak Ridge Boys, God only knows. I'm going to say... you got six seconds to come up with an answer. I'm going to say the Oak Ridge Boys. That sounds church-ish. All right. Anything else you want to... Okay, time's Just up. Just want to say hello to all the kids out there. Sorry. All right, Logan, on your tractor, you heard his answers. You want me to repeat some of them for you? Uh, yeah, we. Um, Steve, it's your lucky day. Let's go with number one. I'll oh, help you out. Oh, we're going to go with number one first before appearing in a couple dozen movies, including 2005's Wedding Crashers and 2008's Four Christmases. This guy's debut album featured top five country hits, Honky Tonk Man and Guitars Cadillacs. Your answer, Logan? That, that'd be Dwight Yoakam. All right, you're going to change that to Dwight Yoakam. Well, how about written by the Bee Gees, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers recorded this flowing duet in 1983? Islands in the Stream. And how do you feel about uh, the last one? <laughs> you said Oak Ridge Boys, right? He did say Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah, that's that's right, Steve. You got one. This is incredible. First of all, I cannot tell you how confident I felt in my first two answers and was patently wrong. And then the fact that the swing at the Oak Ridge Boys, this is incredible. Logan, you're my best freaking friend. All right. Hold tight, Logan. We might have a tiebreaker here. Yeah, we could. We'll go ahead and bring uh, Donna back in here. All right. Here comes Donna Valentine. She's ready to rock. Hey, man. How'd it go? Wow. Logan, right? Logan, uh, Donna, I thought I dominated the first two questions, and then I took a flyer on the third. Oh. I was for sure wrong on the first two, <laughs> and um, and I think my flyer was right. Okay. Oh, I'm worried. I'm All scared. Right. It's country Logan. music of the 1980s. Okay. Donna, 
Yes. Let's do this, okay? Okay. We'll start off with this one. Before appearing in a couple dozen movies, including 2005's Wedding Crashers and 2008's Four Christmases, this guy's debut album featured five country, five, excuse me, featured top five country hits, Honky Tonk Man and Guitars Cadillacs. I screwed that question I up. got it. Okay, go ahead. Dwight Yoakam. There we go. Uh, we'll take that. Uh, written by the Bee Gees, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers recorded this flowing duet in 1983. Islands in the Stream? This group was started in the 40s as a gospel quartet. They changed their focus to country music, resulting in their biggest success in the early 80s with hits Bobby Sue and Elvira. Oak Ridge Boys. Anything you like, repeat it. The second one. Written by the Bee Gees, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers recorded this flowing duet in 1983. Okay, yeah, Islands in the Stream. I think I'm okay with the other answers, I hope. All right. Nice job, Donna. Thank you. Kind of butchered that first question, but yes, you did get it. It is uh, Dwight Yoakam. I was interested that I put Four Christmas in there, and you did go with I took Tim the McGraw. Tim McGraw bait yep. there. He, and by the way, Tim McGraw is great in Four Christmases. Yes. I can't uh, remember who he plays. He plays uh, Vince Vaughn's older brother, and he's like a UFC-loving, tobacco-chewing, <laughs> wants to get him in a headlock. John Favreau oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Tim McGraw play yes. his, uh, his brothers, and That's it's great. very funny. Uh, written by the Bee Gees, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers recorded this flowing duet in the 1983. In 1983, yes, indeed, that was Islands in the Stream. I said sailing, and Logan saved me from the combine. Damn it. And finally, this group started in the 40s as a gospel quartet. They changed their focus to country music, resulting in their biggest success in the early 80s with hits Bobby Sue and Elvira. It is the Oak Ridge Boys. Steve actually got that one right. I got it, Donna. Blew my mind. He's like, Alabama or the Oak Ridge Boys? I'll go with them. Oh, Steve. Now we got a tiebreaker. I'm Logan, scared. Logan, we're bringing you back for the tiebreaker, and uh, I'm really going to need you here. What up? I'm ready. Bring all it right. on. All right. All right. Now, I will say, uh, be patient on this one, but you have to ring in with your name when you know the answer, okay. and then I will stop reading the question. Okay, Logan, yes. you got that? That goes for you, too. Yep. Soon as you stop, uh, or as soon as you say your name, I'll stop reading the question. But here we go with this tiebreaker for country music of the '80s. In 1989, five country mainstays made their charting debuts. Referred to as the class of '89, many feel they saved or at least defined a generation of country music. The group included Garth Brooks. Travis Tritt, uh-huh. Clint Black, right. Mary Chapin Carpenter, and this Steve. tall... Steve. Randy Travis. Is it That's Randy good. Travis? That's a good guess. It is oh, not. Donna. Don't, Donna oh. I can finish the question, or it's up to you. Oh, wait, yeah, no, she, she rang in. She's got to go. Go ahead, I Donna. think you already said it. I, you did. Oh, shoot. I said Travis Tritt. You already said Travis. I did already say Travis Tritt. And that was her buzzer. Let me, finish the, let me finish the question, Logan. This tall Chattahoochee Hall of Famer. Alan Jackson. Yeah. For the win. Woo. Dang it. Woo. No. Class of 89. I should have known that. Darn. Oh, Logan. Logan. Logan, you're, you're good. Dude. You, oh, Logan, I mean, this is a real, they'll do a 30 for 30 on this someday <laughs> of just how much I needed a lifeline. The fact that it was a freaking farmer calling in from a freaking tractor and absolutely saves me. Logan, where are you farming? 
we're farming in western Wisconsin, River Falls. River All Falls. Right. Shout out to River Falls. Yeah. Thank you for farming. That's hard, yes. uh, often thankless work. So thank you for what you're doing. Uh, thank you for what you do. Oh, uh, thanks, Logan. All right. Stay on the line. Um, Oh, I love Alan. Yeah. Oh, Dang. I couldn't name one of his songs. This is actually Kenny Chesney. I'm just letting <laughs> Logan know I think his tractor is sexy. He thinks my tractor is sexy. Oh, yeah. All right. Really hey, Logan, do you, have a, uh, do you have a special someone in your life, a significant other? I do. I have a fiance. Oh, wonderful. Well, we'll send you two My Talk shirts so you guys can do the, the cringy thing where the fiancés dress and wear the same stuff. Okay, we'll take a picture in front of a tractor and send it to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Logan. That's amazing. Okay, he was good. I should have known that answer. That's embarrassing. I don't. I don't even know how to. It's the pressure. We. I mean, we referred to them all as uh, and from the class of '89, Alan Jackson. You know. Ugh. Oh man. Damn, Daniel. If it's worth anything, it probably won't be. I don't feel like it was a. Easy question. I feel like you did your best. You rang in prematurely is what bit you. Yep. And you, you Randy Travis was a good guest, by the way. I was just going through my Rolodex of the 10 people from country I know. From like that era. Randy Damn Travis. It. Darn it. I thought there were going to be questions like Restless Heart and Anne Murray and... Murray? Um, Murray. <laughs> um, who else? The the Mandrell sisters, Barbara Mandrell. Oh, that sounds like something from the Lawrence Welk show. Yeah, because they had their own show. Oh, really? Yes. It's, no, it's I'm, from the Mandrell sisters. I'm Carol. And I'm Judy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. Hey, this is, I oh, really man. needed that win because it's very likely that you're going to sweep the rest of the week and so it's important for me to get one on the board by the way fine. uh pretty soon i don't know if it's already up but on the don and steve show links or, or the, the don and steve page within my talk 1071 they're working on a little uh uh keeper uh, widget yeah so you can just go there and you'll always see the score so it's it's documented you're right all right hey uh it is a holiday weekend I'm just going to really quickly give you a tip a ruski Everybody on the show getting tipsy. 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 All right. Um, it looks like there's going to be a lot of cars on the road this weekend. AAA says that four point. Uh, excuse me, 42.3 million Americans are expected to travel at least 50 miles. That is up seven percent from last year. Um, so if you are driving. These are the best times to hit the road, okay? okay? Naturally, the busiest times are when you would also like to go. On Thursday and Friday, the best times to travel by car are before noon. The times to avoid are between 3 and 6. 3 and 6 p.m. on Thursday and Friday. Try not to be on the road. Okay. Traffic should be lighter on Saturday and Sunday, and by Monday, everything will be crazy. Worst time is midday on Monday, while the best time to be on the road is early morning before 10 a.m. I always think people are trying to squeeze in one more day on the lake. Mm-hmm. Right, of course. That, But I, I guess I'm wrong. You know what's funny, too? We usually do the cookout on Memorial Day proper. Is the right. better day to actually do it on Sunday? I think if you're home... Monday is the better day. If okay. you're traveling, you know, 50 miles. Sure. 
come home. Where are you doing yours? You doing it up well, north or I'm, down south? I'm going up north, but I got to work. I got I've got stuff to clean up. So I'm not like, hey guys, come over for a beer. <laughs> no, I'm like, hey guys, do you have a chainsaw? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with it's that bad. depressing bit of news, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we do have a little more country music stuff. I want you to hear Blake Shelton uh, was interviewed and was uh, poked a little fun at Gwen Stefani for not having a recognition that he has. We'll hear from him. Uh, and then an interesting bit from Melissa McCarthy. We'll get into that. When we come back, it's Donna and Steve. It's my talk. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. It's us, Donna and Steve, on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Woo! Have you seen that uh, that clip of Melissa McCarthy making the rounds on Instagram? Like, it's like an outtake with her and Rachel McAdams, and who's the other guy? Who's the uh, guy? Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd. It's so funny, but so inappropriate. They... I don't even know what the movie is. It is. I mean, me neither. And it is so funny because she is <laughs> improving, and essentially, it's like she's telling them what's going to happen if they don't. If, if somebody doesn't comply. Right. And she goes into this comedic, improv, threatening tirade. And it's dirty. It's She says some dirty things. Yeah. And it is very funny. Her delivery is so funny. You know, the funniest thing about Melissa McCarthy to me, the most interesting thing is Gilmore Girls fans will know what I'm talking about. When you saw her, and that show really was a springboard for her, when you saw her as Suki, the chef, at the Gilmore Girls little situation, it was like, oh, this is, she's so sweet. She's just so tender. And she is. Melissa McCarthy is. But you know, Mike and she Molly, could you unleash. Know. But even in Mike and Molly, she was sweet, but she had a very sarcastic back and forth with Mike in that as Molly. And so, but her biting sense of humor and like the rough and tumble this is not how it's going down. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just so stinking so funny. So funny. Stan Bodie, is, what's the name of that movie? This is 40. This from is 2012. 40. The movie wasn't, yeah, thought to be that good, but that is a scene that uh, okay. was lived on. Oh, I don't my think gosh. that's Rachel McAdams, then. I think that that is... Um, oh, really? Lisa Mann, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Leslie, Leslie Mann. Mann. Leslie Mann. Oh, sorry. that didn't even look like Leslie Mann to me. You know, oh. I would know... My Hollywood crush, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> yes, I was, would. Okay. I wouldn't have thought it was funny then. I would have just been like, look at her. She's doing so great over there. Doing her best. <laughs> Aw. Anyway, uh, Melissa McCarthy is talking. She, of course, is playing Ursula in the Little Mermaid live action, which comes out this weekend. I think we're going to plan to see it opening weekend in the theaters, which is rare for the Patterson crew. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But she is opening up Variety talking about a uh, hostile, volatile set that left her physically ill and left the crew weeping. Her saying at one point, my eyes were swelling up. What? She, yeah, she was, uh, did an interview with The Observer. And Melissa McCarthy revealed that she once became sick due to working on a toxic set, set that left many of the cast and crew weeping. The experience led her to realize that she can't remain quiet amid inappropriate working conditions. She didn't say who. She said, I did work for someone once who ran such a volatile, hostile set that it made me physically ill. Oh, my god! I was absorbing all of this nuttiness. My eyes were swelling up. There were people weeping, visibly so upset by this one person. And I think that's why the, the manipulation worked, because to get... 
to me, this person would fire people that I loved, which kept me quiet. It was very effective. Then one day, I was like, it stops today. I just kept saying to them, it stops, it stops. And I know now, I'll never keep quiet again. Who do we think it was? Great question. And isn't that it, too? You know, if you've ever been in a situation where, if you've ever worked with someone who is toxic, there are... There is a low likelihood of you being able to turn that person around and a high likelihood of them poisoning the atmosphere for everybody. And it's just not, I mean, people are in situations where it's just that one person at work that makes them not want to go to work. Right. And that can be really tough to go up against. And she, you can understand the sort of the physical toll that that could take, especially if it's crazy like this, where they're firing people that they know that Melissa McCarthy knows and loves and enjoys just as a form of manipulation. But when you say, you know what, screw it today, I'm going to speak up. And if what's the worst, I get fired, I get fired, whatever. But this is not okay. I wonder if it happened during a time because she was a really big deal you know, a couple of years ago, like after wedding, cra- no, wedding crashers, bridesmaids, um, she, everybody wanted her. She was in such high demand. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it happened during that time, because sometimes, you I know, you're the star no. of a movie. Yeah, OK, that's I would better. think she's too powerful then. You're, she's too hot at that point. But I could be totally wrong, but it's a curious point to wonder who it was. What was the set? She said that right now, trying to get a um, trying to get a comedy made. She said it's like a fist fight right now, just to try to get a comedy made. She's going to return to uh, comedy in a Christmas themed movie for Peacock. I believe that'll come out later this year. But she said it's a fist fight to try to get comedies made right now, and I don't know why because we've never needed to laugh more. Comedy allows you to sit next to somebody whose ideas don't match up. And then maybe you come out a little bit closer. I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing in this world. I can't do a lot of useful things. I don't know how to clean up the oceans or stop our violent tendencies, but I can hopefully give someone who's had a bad day an hour and a half to go into a different world where bills or illness isn't the top thing on their brain. The only skill set I really have, so I'm going to keep trying. Oh, that's very sweet. Love her. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for sharing that. Now, real quick, let's play some audio. You got the audio of Blake Shelton? I do, yep. All right, let's just play this real quick. We might run out of time uh, about getting the star in the Walk of Fame and Gwen not. Blake Shelton just received his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the 2,755th star. Less than 3,000 people have one of those. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I looked up some of the legends uh, who have not received stars. This is kind of surprising. Uh, which one do you think it is? Loretta, Johnny Cash. Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, one did not receive a star yet. Johnny Cash, did he receive one? He did. Willie is the only one left. Uh, but they we celebrate got... Willie so much here. Well, that's got to be coming. That's got to be next year. You think? Come so? on, yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Squares. <laughs> you <gotta> do it. <laughs> Shockingly, your wife Gwen Stefani also does not have. So, is there rivalry in the household over this whole thing? Uh, you know what? I, I'm never one. I'm never one to brag. Uh, you know, about getting a, a star. Sure. 
I would never do that, especially with my wife. Right. You know, it's just I want to encourage her, uh-huh. and I hope that she gets her own in, in a few years after I've had a chance to rub it in as much as I can. <laughs> as he's saying that, he's holding up the star. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she, right, so everybody can see it. Anyway, fun moment from, uh, hey, from Blake Shelton there. Not to mention you have to buy a star to get a Donna. star. Whoa.